Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the Kirk Church Podcast. I'm Aaron Elmore, lead pastor at Kirk of the Hills, located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is where you can hear messages from all our pastors and guest speakers. Make sure to subscribe and share with anyone who follows the Kirk. If you want to know more about us, visit us at thekirk.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at the Kirk Church. Let's get started with today's episode. I'm a little bit sore this morning, partly from kid mania, but mostly because yesterday morning I ran the Tulsa Run, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It's a great community event. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for, yeah, I appreciate that. So I, I used to run a lot more, and then I took years off. I didn't wonder if I would be able to run again, and then during COVID, like many of you, kind of decided to pick back something and started running uh, during the thick of COVID. And then last year trained and ran the Tulsa run. And my goal was just to finish. It didn't matter what my time was. And it was great. Enjoyed it. I did finish. And so this year, of course, because I'd finished last year, this year my goal was just to be faster than last year. Uh, but I knew if I wanted to accomplish this goal, I had to have a strategy. I had to have good training, but I also mentally had to be prepared for it. And so what I did was I broke down the race. It's a 15K. So it was 9.3 miles, which is three 5Ks. A 5K is a lot more common of a run. Uh, more people do it because it's shorter. It makes sense. Uh, and it's, it's enjoyable. Well, so there's three. So I broke down the race into three 5Ks. And I had to think each 5K I had to do in a certain amount of time in order to get to the ultimate goal at the end of finishing at a certain time. And I was thinking about this. Uh, it just so happens that Paul had three missionary journeys. And so he broke them up. And each journey he had to finish well in order to do the task that God had given to him. And so this morning we're talking about finishing strong. We come to the end of a sermon series. We're at the end of Paul's first missionary journey. So he's not done yet. But he's finishing his first 5K out of three. He's finished this first major leg of the race, and he had to finish well. And our goal is to finish well, to hear the words of Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And so when Paul was nearing the end of his life, he was able to write to his mentee, Timothy, these words. He said, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Right? And so, if we're going to finish well, we have to keep going through each leg of the race. How do we finish strong? Well, if you're going to finish strong, you can't quit. You have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. There was a point yesterday that I reached that was about seven miles in, and that was basically the longest training run I had done. And mentally, I started questioning, okay, am I going to be able to beat my time? And if I'm not, should I even bother through the rest of this? Should I just quit? There's always this moment we have when we face some big obstacle or challenge where we think about quitting. But when you're running, if you want to finish, you've got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And for our missionary team, this means to keep doing what God has called them to do, which was to preach the gospel. So as we pick back up in this final part of the journey, we see this theme that they had to keep going. Verse 20, the next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. Now let's pause for a minute and remember what has come before that, because that sentence seems so innocent. Okay, they left for the next city, but let's remember what they faced leading up to this. Maybe you're just dipping into our series, or you've already forgotten what happened last week. Let's recall that the cities they've been to up to this point 
They have been ridiculed. They've been run out of town. They have been plotted against. And in fact, Paul has almost been stoned to death. So it's no small thing. Then verse 20, it says, the next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. They keep going. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. They dig deep. They keep putting one foot in front of the other, preaching the gospel city by city. Now keep in mind that time passes between these. Luke has given us a large amount of time period in just two chapters. We just get a snapshot. But between each one of these cities, there was a lot of walking involved. It makes my little 9.3 race seem like nothing. I mean, people have calculated that Paul may have covered 10,000 miles in his journeys. And even in this first missionary journey, somewhere between 600 and 1,100 miles on foot. So the journey just from Lystra to Derby itself was 93 miles. You don't do that in one day. And they, of course, stopped along the way at different cities. So there's little, little cities, little towns we don't even hear about. But they probably stopped and preached the gospel at those. They just kept going. And no matter how sore their feet became, they knew that their feet were bringing the good news. And so they kept going. I would imagine that they were meditating on different verses of Scripture to keep them going. And one of the ones that I'm almost certain came to mind was Isaiah 52, 7. It says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, and who say to Zion, Your God reigns. In fact, Paul will quote this exact verse in his letter to the church at Rome. I think they were thinking about this as they were walking. It's beautiful terrain, by the way. They're covering some mountains involved, some, some all different kinds of terrain. And they, their feet certainly got sore. They got tired of walking. But they thought to themselves, we are bringing good news. And so we have to keep going. If you're going to finish strong, the first step is you can't quit. You can't quit. And one of the greatest battles you will face in life is discouragement. Everybody faces it for different reasons. You take an a encouraged person or an encouraged group of people and you can accomplish great things. But when people are discouraged, they're not able to even live up to their potential. So my race day yesterday, I had a crew of six family members that were cheering me on. And there were also other random strangers just saying nice things along the way. Even if at times those things weren't true. Like, it's all downhill from here when actually the race finishes uphill, which is just me, right? <laughs> but you understood the point. They were trying to encourage and We need people in our life who will come alongside of us, who will encourage us, who will say the right thing at the right moment, who will point us to the truth. We all get discouraged. And we need people who will tell us, keep going. Don't give up. We have the words of Scripture cheering us on. Here's a few examples. Hebrews chapter 10 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. We've been singing about it this morning. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Paul also wrote to the Galatian church. That's this region of churches we're talking about here this morning. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time 
We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Keep going. Don't give up. And one of the things that's been really hard through this season is to watch how over the last few years, more and more people are becoming disengaged and are not a part of the life and mission of the church in in our context. But friends, we know this is not the time to be pulling back. This is the time where we need to be pressing in. We need encouragement. We need one another. We need to be in in classes and in community, community groups and small groups. We need to be in Christian fellowship. We need encouragement to face our personal challenges and the collective ones going on around us. We need encouragement. So if you hear nothing else this morning, I love this verse. It's been one of my favorite verses over the past couple of years to share with people. Let us not grow weary in doing good deeds, but at the proper time, at the appointed God-given time, it will produce fruit by God's grace if we do not give up. So keep going. This this concluding narrative of the first missionary journey also highlights for us the importance of follow-up. We're told that Paul had an interest in maintaining healthy congregations. He was passionate to evangelize the masses, but he also was concerned with ongoing discipleship and health. And so the second theme we see here is the strengthening. If you're going to finish strong, you got to keep going, but you've got to be strong. You have to have gone through training. You have to be tough. And so verse 21, it says, Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, right? The very places where they got run out of town. With threats on their life, they go back to the places they have just been. They could have headed south. They could have found a port city easier and gone back across the Mediterranean. But they go back to the churches where they have just been. Why? Because they're not interested in just making converts. They want to grow disciples. They want to strengthen the church. They want to come alongside them because they know that these churches need mature disciples. They need to be strong, transformational communities because the journey of following Jesus is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And you've got to be strong and you've got to have trained and you have to be tough. And so Luke mentions four different ways that Paul and Barnabas sought to equip the church. The first one is they wanted the churches to have strong doctrine. To be a strong church, you've got to have strong doctrine. That's the set of beliefs that we have. We have to know the truth. We have to understand the truth. But we also don't just need to have strong doctrine. We need to have strong believers, people of faith who put that truth into action. And you can't just have one or the other. See, sometimes you have strong people with a lot of passion, but it's misguided passion because there's no truth there. And then you also have people who know the truth, and they're just not doing anything with it. There's no faith, there's no trust, there's no zeal. You need to have strong doctrine and strong believers. And third thing you got to have is you got to have strong leadership. And so they raised up elders. They said, we can't stay here with you. We have work to do. We have a different kind of pioneering ministry, but we're going to raise up people who will shepherd you for the long run. People will say, follow me as I follow Jesus. You need strong leadership. And fourthly, they needed strong faith. And so they fasted, and they prayed, and they worshiped with them, and they committed them to the Lord. You take a group of people of any size. They have strong doctrine. They're strong believers, strong in faith. They have strong leadership and a strong faith and trust in God. And God will use that group of people. Lord, let it be us. Let it be us. And we will be amazed at what you will do 
They wanted to build strong churches, not just evangelize the masses. They wanted people to live in and develop strong roots in their faith. And so they went back and they strengthened the churches. And they didn't just go back here. They went back on later missionary journeys. Paul and Silas are going to come back later. They kept going back to the same churches because they wanted relationship over time. And they wanted to strengthen them and build them up. So they kept doing it. You got to keep going. You got to be strong. And then you got to finish. Whether that's the finish, finish, or it's one leg of the journey, whether it's just the first 5K, you got to finish the first one before you get to the next one. And you got to finish that one before you can get to the third one. And you got to keep going. And so whatever season it is, you've got to finish well that season because God takes us through all kinds of seasons in our life. And so they came to the finish of this first missionary journey. It wasn't the end of their ministry, but it was an important point of closure for them. 1426. It says, from Italia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. This is the bookend. The first part of that bookend came in chapter 13, verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. They were appointed and empowered in the context of worship with other believers. When they were done with the work God gave them, they went back and they worshiped with the people and they celebrated with the context of believers. This was a church that had commissioned them. This was a church that had prayed for them. This was a church that had sacrificially given so that they could go on this mission. It cost money for them to preach the gospel. This church was a supporting church and had sent them out and so they go back to tell the stories. What has God called you to do right now? What journey are you on? What stage are you in? What work has God commissioned for you to do? It could be the work of parenting. Caring for an aging parent. Caring for a spouse or a loved one who's ill. It could be a volunteer role. It could be paid work. It could be a relationship that God has invested you in. What has God placed in your path? And what does it look like for you to finish well in this particular leg of the journey? That's the question I want you to think about this morning. It might just be one leg of the race. It might be one journey out of a series. Maybe it just means finishing the day faithfully. What does it look like to finish strong and finish well? And finally, will you celebrate? We see the church celebrating. On arriving there, they gathered the church together. They reported all that God had done through them and how he'd opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. I love this. They, they got the church together. Luke only tells us a little bit, but it says they told them all that God had done. They probably told stories for days and days. There were probably funny stories. There were probably wild things that happened in their journeys that they were telling people about. Can you believe this? And one of the things I always pray for mission teams as they go out is I pray that God would do something so amazing through them and in them that when they come back, they wouldn't dare say, look what we have done. Look what we have accomplished. But they will always say, look what God has done. We wouldn't dare take credit for this. It's so much more than we could have asked or imagined. Look what God has done. And so they get the believers together. They tell stories. They share the joy. They say, 
Can you believe this? There are Gentiles that are coming to faith. People they never could have imagined. And the same is true for us. There's people that we would never imagine come to faith. And maybe we'll see them. Maybe we'll see them come to faith. They celebrated the power of the Holy Spirit. They celebrated the grace of God. They told stories. And they were filled with joy. And then it says they remained in Antioch for some time. They enjoyed fellowship. They celebrated the Lord's work. Perhaps during this time is when Paul penned his letter that has become the letter to the Galatians, right? This letter was written to those people that he had just ministered to, to encourage them in the faith, to hold true to solid doctrine. We see Paul's concern for new churches, but also the existing church, that they would be strong. And God used their testimony of suffering to strengthen this church. They had already had a really hard time on this journey. And their testimony of God's faithfulness encouraged the other people. And that's what God does. We sang about it this morning, right? What the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. One of the ways that suffering is redeemed in your life is that God will give you a voice to speak words of encouragement, to come alongside, to cheer on people who go through something similar. Our pain, our journey is it's always unique to us, but yet there are common themes among human beings. And whatever you're going through right now, or you have been through, or you will go through, other people will go through similar experiences. And so God wants you to share your testimony, to share that story of faith of how you kept going and God strengthened you. And to celebrate God's goodness and God's faithfulness to you. It's one of the ways that God redeems our stories. We also see here this spiritual practice of remembering is important. Remembering is one of the biggest themes in the Bible. Constantly God is telling his people, remember, remember, remember. Because it builds our faith. It encourages us. It helps us to have perspective. And we need to remember. I think one of the ways that we can remember well is in our prayer lives. I don't know about you, but sometimes it can be easy to get focused on the present situation, which is good, and we need to lift that to the Lord. Or praying about future things, that God would change situations and circumstances. But in prayer, we also need to have that perspective of remembering the ways that God has answered prayer in the past the ways that God has been faithful. If you're going to finish well, you got to get started. <laughs> you got to keep going. You got to be strengthened. You got to finish. And you need to celebrate the Lord's faithfulness. So I have a couple of questions for you as we come to the close of this series. The first one is maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online, and maybe you feel like you've been running the race of life and you're tired. And you feel like you've been trying to run on your own and there's nobody running with you, like one of those dreaded long training runs. There's just nobody there. And you feel tired. And you realize that God is calling you to quit running for your own sake and your own team and calling you to run in his team of grace, to run for team grace, to realize that it's not about performance, it's about persevering. And putting one foot in front of the other. And trusting God to give you the grace and the strength. Maybe you've been running on your own for a long time. Or maybe you've been running with the Lord, but you haven't been running in community with other people. And he's calling you to enter into that. And to run with others. 
and to run toward Jesus. Maybe you just need to look to Jesus again. You've gotten lost. You've been focused on the ground. You've been focused on the crowds, and you need to look ahead, and you just need to focus on the persevering grace of Jesus to help you to live a Christ-centered life, a gospel-centered life. You need to just refocus on him. Another question for you is, what does finishing strong look like for you right now? It's the question I posed earlier. What does it look like? What season are you in right now? And what does it look like for you to finish strong? Maybe it just means putting one foot in front of the other. You know, one of the things I love at races is you have all different kinds of people crossing the finish line. You know, and you hear stories and you see like the ones that are like running faster the whole time than I could possibly run for 100 yards. And they just finish, they cross the finish line in a full sprint. And then you got the people that sort of cross like this, you know, and it's like, hey, you both get a medal. And maybe you feel like, I, I don't know what, maybe you feel like the leg of the race that you're on right now, you feel like you don't, have, you don't have a whole lot of energy to sprint to the finish. Maybe God's not asking you to. Maybe he's just asking you to keep putting one foot in front of the other and move, even if it's slowly, and to keep trusting him. What does it look like to finish strong? And finally, a series question. We've been talking about being for the world. We are for the world because God is for the world. That vision is dripping from every page of Scripture. So here's the question for us. What are we going to do? What tangible step of faith are you going to take to be a person that is for the world? Because our God is a God who loves the world. How will you tangibly express? And how will we collectively become a people who are for the world? Will you join me as we pray together? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your faithfulness for your goodness. I thank you that you never leave us, that you are always walking with us. So I pray today that we would be reminded that we're not walking alone, that you are with us, and I pray today that we would be reminded that we're walking together. Would you continue strengthening relationships within this church, that we would be a relationship-focused church, people with eyes to see how can we help one another grow spiritually. God, I pray that you will help my friends today to keep going, whatever it is they're facing, that they won't give up, Lord, and that you will do what only you can do and that you will provide all that is required for all that we face. God, fill us with hope. Encourage us as your people. And may we be faithful as you have been faithful to us. Lord, we ask these things for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen.